Welcome back everyone to another episode of Paths Uncovered, the podcast where we get to go through untraditional pathways within and into technology. How are people getting there? What are they doing with their lives? Kind of essentially just a nosy little peek into how people got to where they did, um, which is how I've classified it for myself. I think I'm like, I get to chat about people's lives. And today's guest very much lives up to the untraditional pathway, I think, and has been on the list to come on to it for a while because I've kind of wanted to hear this story and it's just been my coordinations so I'm very glad that we finally got to chat sit down and chat and I've got Emily Casey with me today thanks so much for having me yes I'm so glad that we finally made this happen so stoked oh yeah like it's, it was kind of one of those like it just never appeared to be the right time but like I'm I think I do this before almost every episode where I'm like trying to remember how I've met this person or how I've come across that person and I genuinely can't even remember how I did I think it was just like LinkedIn somehow and I was like oh my god someone who did med and dropped out yes this is meant to be like this is like the perfect person to chat to <laughs> oh I love that. that that's epic it's so funny isn't it and I feel like once you see someone um you keep bumping into them and it's such a small circle anyway and it's, it's really hard to find the actual origin exactly so, and I mean oh, this is something I was mentioning to like a f- couple of the guests that have been on like someone recently Julia like we're friends like in person like we've been friends for ages and it's just I never actually like in conversations with friends obviously things like come up where oh I went to Spain and I was traveling for like months but you never actually know the context so like having sat down with her and done the chat where I was like oh that's what your life actually was oh my god like it just puts everything in like a really different light I think for me so I'm like oh I might as well just sit down and do this with every person I know in my life now just to pinpoint everything in their places um but look we won't take like we'll dive straight in and to kind of get into what's happening what where everything is um so let's go maybe straight back into kind of high school times and what was happening in terms of going into college. Like, was medicine always like the first choice? Like, was that where it was all beginning? Talk, talk to me about it all. Oof. Always fun going back to the high school days. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, to be honest, medicine is one of those things that was on my radar for like my whole life. I think it was sort of um, my mum was a nurse, my dad was a banker, and I think one day I was playing dress up as a kid, and I was like, I'm going to be a nurse like mummy. And mum's like, no, sweetie, you're going to be a doctor. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> but that being said, I loved everything during high school, and as a kid, I um, just liked learning and learning how the world worked. So for me, that kind of drew me into science, naturally. Yeah. Um, super nerd from an early age, getting like CSIRO magazines when everyone else was reading like, you know, uh, I guess Goosebumps or Harry Potter. Um, and then also business, just because, you know, that seemed to be the other side of how the world worked. And when I got to high school, uh, I think, you know, I went to a classic girls school for the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And if you're a high achiever, you're pushed towards a couple of paths and uh, it was engineering if you're a little bit quirky. Um, that sounds terrible, but that's kind of how it was no, termed. Yeah. <laughs> um, law or medicine and the other two weren't really for me. Um, and, you know, I really loved people and science and problem solving. So it kind of seemed to tick all the boxes. I was like, great, well, I, I guess this is what I'm, I'm going to do. Um, that being said, didn't get in the first time. I took a gap year and then tried again and um, managed to get in. So, yeah. Oh, that it's so interesting, isn't it? Like, I mean, I look back to high school for me. So hilariously enough, I also thought like I was going to be a doctor and medicine was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
very bad I didn't get in and I didn't try again <laughs> I just got into maths instead and I was like I think actually I like this I'll just do this instead and I'm very glad it stayed that way because like looking back I was like 17 year old me did not know that Concha was not meant to be a doctor <laughs> I'm very glad that never happened but yeah it was exactly the same like my mom's a nurse and I was like yep this is exactly it this is what I'm gonna do um but like yeah god like the whole getting back into it and like what did you do in the gap year actually sorry it's just adventures oh no this is a fun part um so similarly actually I was upset at first when I didn't get into med but I'd always planned on taking a gap year and um I was quite young as well so you know took that year to turn 18 yeah um and I worked a bunch and then went to Europe very classic yeah um and it was just amazing and coming back I actually only came back for like med interviews and I thought I was going to move to Spain I had the visa application and everything um, and I'd gotten into like a bachelor of biomed and business and I was like, yeah, cool. I'll do that later. Defer another year, go live in Spain and just enjoy my life for a bit. Then I got into med and it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to med school. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Oh, a year that could have been, oh, Spain would have been so cool. And I love how Spain really is just the thing. Like, cause Julia did Spain too, when she took a gap year and was just like, I'm going to do this instead. Um, that is just so funny, but oh. So you're back and you're now getting into medicine and you've turned 18, which does make a difference. I think that gap year, I would have appreciated so much. I think looking back now. <laughs> uh, you, you grow up so much. And I think like as well, cause you know, I did the trip to Europe solo and um, like worked in a normal job a whole bunch. It was, it was really good. Just like life lessons. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're so important too. Like it's like anything, any bit of traveling alone, oh, it just changes everything, I think. Like, immediately you feel like you've grown, like, 10 years. And you're like, no, no, I got this now. I understand the way things work, and I'm okay now. <laughs> oh, right. And, like, I don't know, I always wanted to travel. Um, and for me, that was actually a really big thing when going into medicine, because with med in Australia, you can't do exchange and stuff. There's, um, that's a lie, actually, that you, there's five spots a year, or was it the university I went to? Yeah for like a fifth year med to go to Norway. And that was the only option you had. Oh my God. And it was like, oh, wow. I'd always thought I'd do a lot of exchanges and travel a lot. And once I got that taste, I think it was kind of like the beginning of the end in a way. Like it was great, <laughs> but I wanted to explore the world. And I tried to give that up and clearly it didn't work. <laughs> so this is actually the perfect um, kind of little spin way into it. So like, wh- how was the first couple of years of Matt? Like, how were you faring? What was it like going in? Like, was it kind of immediately you're like, oh, is this the right decision? Or for the first bit, it was okay? Look, to be honest, the first bit was actually amazing. Um, I moved interstate, so I grew up in Victoria and then went to Sydney for med school. Um, and that was just amazing. I got to live out of home, um, you know, tough learning curve as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved all the people I was around. Like I was like, oh, I've found my people. They're all crazy smart. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of, I guess, you know, classic uni life partying and stuff too. Um, and it was, it was really good. Um, but I guess I also had a couple of health issues. So that was a, a added stress early on. Um, but for the first few years, yeah, it was, I genuinely thought it was what I was going to do with my life. Uh, but that's, that was naive young Emily. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The first few years are so great. And then it's just like, what have I done to myself? Cause that was exactly what happened with me and Matt where I was like, this is fine. These people are great. Everyone I get on with is great. And then you get to like third year and I'm like, 
wait, no, I did not think this through. Uh, what is this? <laughs> what am I actually doing? Um, so how was that turn? Like what actually started turning then? What was the change that kind of led to? It's mm. a good question. I don't think I can really put my finger on one specific thing, but it was sort of like, you know, the first couple of years of med was very content heavy. You're learning all these awesome things, but it was also like you go through this rhythm and you just start taking in a lot of content. And I mean, it's hard because you've got extra hours, it's high volume and stuff like that. And very different to normal uni. You have a very set cohort, um, very set timetable that is, uh, you know, I had the same amount of hours in a day that other people in courses would have in an entire week or fortnight, yeah. which was a bit of a, um, you know, wake up call. And then when we started doing clinical placements, at first I loved it, but the more we went into that, funnily enough, it was around year three as well, I started to sort of see how the reality of the job played out. And it was like, I really enjoyed learning about each of the different, you know, specialties or what people did and getting to do that. But for me, once you'd done that stuff, I kind of wanted to move on to the next thing. And then I guess the second thing on that was once you're in the hospital system operating, you know, I got into med because I thought I'd be able to help people and, you know, get a lot of time around people. But the reality of it is you're actually operating in a very set system and you're kind of like a little cog in a machine, just rolling out orders. You pump through patients a lot of the time as quick as you humanly can and you know, there's not really much room for creativity or solving the problems that actually, you know, are embedded in the system or the preventative side of health and all these other things that just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I got really upset at those bigger problems. And that's what I realized I kind of started finding more interesting as well. So I think that was the beginning of it. Yeah. Okay. So like, what was kind of the trigger then, I guess, of like, okay, so these things aren't fitting in and it's not really fitting together to, like, as in, I, I like that you're like identifying different parts of like, wait, actually, there's so much more happening. Um, so what changed? Like, what was the like actual like immediate change then? Of Was it kind of, yeah, it was already on a college break and that was kind of like, yeah, okay, I'm just not going to go back, which I've had friends do. And I think they've, I mean, they've been so much happier for it. Um, but yeah, how did that all play out then of like, no, this is definitely not the decision? Ooh. Look, I guess it's a bit of a long one, actually. So that was Go sort of it. the start. <laughs> yeah, in third year. And then, um, so at the same time, I started picking up more and more, like, work. Um, because living in Sydney is expensive. And uh, yeah. also, like, you know, fun, whatever. I saved up money and traveled a bit more. And I was working in bars and nightclubs in Sydney. Um, and at first, like, oh, what am I doing? And then I actually really loved that. It was amazing um best way to also fund activities while you're a student um but there was this point where i started to realize that i actually enjoyed going to my like student job more and a lot of that was like you know uh streamlining business systems and stuff and things like that and i was like oh okay if i'm not enjoying you know my actual degree maybe that's a red flag um and then like every other overachiever i kind of uh, I started doing a lot of student society stuff yep. and I was on the New South Wales Medical Council thing um, and I took up the sponsorship portfolio um, and at the same time was doing a research thesis in statistics 
um, which was basically just an excuse to get some more clinical time in the ED because it was linked to that. Um, and so, you know, really liked the stats side, which was like, oh, hello, there's a part of my life I've neglected. And yeah. then I really loved the sponsorship side. It was like talking to big corporates and convincing people to come and uh, give us money so that we can help your business outcomes and get med students free stuff. And like, okay, I really like this, this sort of like businessy side of thing. So we started exploring other career options and this was like fourth year at the time. Yep. Um, and the only thing I could really see, cause I knew nothing really outside of medicine was consulting cause that's what you did if you're a medical or law student and you don't want to do your profession. <laughs> yep. um, but I missed the deadline for all the internships at the time. Um, and there was this one random one that came up in corporate and institutional banking. <laughs> and uh, so I threw my hat in the ring and managed to get that um, by leveraging like, you know, my stats and sponsorship uh, experience, which was very minimal, but you know, you're a student, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I got a summer over the intern um, internship over the summer um, at Westpac and uh, learned a whole lot about finance and business very quickly. Um, so that's the start of it. I think people underestimate the importance and I guess the actual impact of internships in college. Like, especially at that stage of like, I know people are like, oh, I can't do an internship on something I have nothing related to. But most places don't even care. Like if they're big enough to be taking like 60 odd people, they realistically don't care what you've been doing up until then. They're like, hey, come along and learn as you can. Because I was like that too, where like I very quickly, I think, realized and was like, I am nowhere near as smart as all these other people in my year. I cannot keep up with this level of like 17 hours, like days, just like just stay up to date to where they are. And I was like, okay, how? what else can I do to somehow measure up? And I did think like, I mean, I, I love your like overachievers. I started doing societies and stuff. So I was like, I can't do that. So I'm just trying to do something else. <laughs> so for me, it was just like trying different things. And like I did the other internships and for, like, I literally started like ticking things off where I was like, that's not a career I would want. Investment banking. Tried it, liked it, not a career. Enjoyed on the side. Like it was just like slowly cutting through the different options. Um, but yeah, like the internships make such a difference. And I'm glad that was like such a really like different one. And the reasoning piano was like, well, it was available, <laughs> which... The internship I got, I'm pretty sure it was just like, I think I applied to two and this one got back to me and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to EY and be this person. And I learned Excel for the first time, how to use it. Like when I was, I don't know, in third year of college, something you would assume I would know, but no, <laughs> like literally on the first day, I was like, oh, this is what a function does. Cool. <laughs> That's epic. <laughs> like, yep, here I am doing it with like a solid maths degree cannot use Excel for the life of me because we like we were never taught it like it was never something that came up <laughs> I cannot believe you were not taught Excel in maths that's really concerning here I am being like oh I don't know Excel enough and it's like if that's not taught in math and I'm like where is where? it taught it's like for us we had like Python and like a little bit of like even then like the computer's private was very small like one module in four years kind of a thing um so we yeah. had a few like statistical programming stuff but like basics god no and it's funny because a lot, and I mean this is like feedback that was given to the course like every year from like graduates being like teach them excel because they don't know anything when they go in grad jobs because this is getting worrying that's so interesting isn't it like hey love that you tried all those internships and 
honestly, like looking back, that's the only thing I wish I kind of had more of. But yeah, it wasn't kind of accepted at the time for med students to do internships. Like everyone was like, "Ooh, you're the wild card. What are you doing?" But like B, that point you made about the Excel stuff, like really speaks to the um, practicality of degrees. Like what? What on earth is going on in so many instances? It's like, how do you split people out with like tens of thousands of dollars of debt, if not more, and you can't do the basic things? What? Oh God, like, I mean, I could like, literally I could write novels about like how kind of messed up this stuff is, what we get taught. Like, cause I mean, just for a very small example, like the degree was like financial maths and like actuarial science. There was more like other things to it. But like even the financial math stuff, the things we would be like calculating like how to price a derivative like a stock or something it was all with like assumptions of no trading fees like the assumption that the market is fair all these assumptions that are not true for real life i get it like we need to learn somehow or like get the basis in and like i'm sure there's parts of this used in the world somewhere but it's just like how is this practical like what does this e- like this does not make any sense like how can i use any of this anyway sorry yeah tangents but very annoying and um, coming back to Westpac, how was it? Like, how did you find the summer? Like, I know you said you learned a lot there. Like, how was that all, like, the whole experience? Look, it was awesome. Um, definitely the best kind of, you know, first step I could have ever made. Um, and I guess for a bit of the logic behind why I made that decision, like, I knew I wanted to go into business, but yeah. I didn't think I had the conviction yet that, you know, I would just jump ship and go into a business degree or something. So I was like, cool, this would be a good way to learn. And uh, it didn't that they paid really well too yeah Um, so yeah that summer was great and because med starts super early I deferred the next year um fully intended on going back to like do the internship and then maybe travel or try some other things I will loop back for a second though and say that for me I guess like another catalyst that I kind of overlooked is I had some pretty serious health stuff as well um so I suppose that is a important element to like going through med school I think I had like four or five surgeries and um like also spent about six months total like you know in different stages um in hospital as a patient and you know that sort of really a gives you a lot of the I suppose patient perspective right and deep experience of the healthcare system and like I saw just how messed up it was and I had direct access to, you know, so many of the best doctors in Australia um, and I still had a bad experience. Um, and then B, it really puts life into perspective as well. And I was like, you know what, if this is, you know, possibly a path I'm on or whatever, do I really want to spend the next 10 to 20 years just slaving away inside of a hospital? And I saw a lot of the healthcare work, like culture, and yeah. you know doctors crying on the floor because they're understaffed and overworked and just the general treatment of staff I, yeah the switch went off and I was like damn I don't like that um and then when I went to Westpac it was a whole nother world don't get me wrong there's every uh, organization has their own cultural problems yeah like, okay if you guys are gonna give me all these perks and money and treat me like a human being as opposed to a little minion like I don't know it was kind of a real uh light bulb moment to show that there's just maybe a bit more to life and other options yeah oh, I like the way you put that that's so important I think it was almost just that like that curtain reveal right like having a peek behind of like oh this is what it's actually like oh oh no because 
you like everything is just so glamorized i think unless you've got kind of either a backstage pass to see what it's like whether that's through connections or family people who know what it's like in the back end of it and if you don't have that how else do you get to it like and i mean unfortunate that it was through other reasonings <laughs> but yeah geez i think it makes such a big difference of actually understanding what the life would be like because that was actuarial for me where i'm like oh this is i mean it sounds cool being able to do like i don't know price modeling on how much someone's life is worth sorry that sounds terrible it doesn't sound cool it just sounds wildly weird <laughs> it's cool though right but like, it's, it's amazing. yeah amazing <laughs> it's an interesting kind of numbering of like oh my god the, the fact that everything can be brought down to number that was a really really interesting way of doing it like i spent like months essentially just talking about how people are going to die and when they'll die and stuff like that it was a weird time <laughs> but very <laughs> but when you look at it i'm like oh but the actual job itself is just they've already got all these models and i just maintain them or i update a few numbers every other day in excel and i was like um maybe not that fun <laughs> maybe i don't want this um but god no that this is kind of where i like doing these podcasts where i people underestimate how much of an impact just life has on careers and it's almost as if we shouldn't talk about it or like there's been like multiple people who've said that like hey i had so and so like or i think billy came on and she had a like a year-long recovery from like surgeries and stuff that she had to go through for like a bowel like restructure or something like that and i was just like it completely changes your life as in she was working at a small print editorial place and they're like they can't keep you on for two years on like a sick leave and she goes and she's like right i'm gonna have to change somewhere and the pivot has to happen um and i don't know why people consider those as oh my god we shouldn't talk about that or like a taboo system of like "Mm, you took time off or you had a life to deal with how sad like no i'm glad you talked about it and i think it's very important that it just changes so much stuff um but yes so the gap year is happening uh sorry deferred year you've left westpac now you finished up westpac with the internship did the traveling end up happening yeah um i think it was that thing of uh, i'd missed traveling since my gap year and uh at the start i actually what was it while i was at westpac westpac had a um venture arm at the time still does reinventure and they had a lot of fintech companies and so while i was there i was lucky enough to sit in a couple of those meetings and i was like oh innovation what's this and like I'm pretty sure that's my very first exposure to startups. Yeah. Um, and so in like, I took a month and um, booked a trip to Mexico, um, super random, but like I just wanted to go to Latin America and it was cheap and uh, warm. And in that month in between, I ended up like going a little bit into startups and my uni had a few events um, and a hackathon or two. And so I went along to one of those and I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. Okay, I'll, I'll look into it um, when I get back. But yes, then I got on a plane and went to Mexico. I thought it was going to be a uh, four to six week trip and uh, I didn't come home for like eight months the first time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that is... Sorry, there's definitely times where at the moment I'm just like, can I, but can I just get on a flight and never come back? <laughs> So I mean, you can. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. It's very doable, and the thought is just so close sometimes. I'm like, I just go, and also Mexico just sounds real, like margaritas by the beach. All I'm like, yes, like sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's what, pretty epic. 
So how, what were the eight months? Uh, was that just traveling around Latin America? Because also, oh my God, a dream. Like, I mean, South America for me at the moment, I'm just like trying to plan that out. It needs to happen in the next couple of years for me. So, oh, I'm so excited for you. Um, <laughs> I, I actually wanted to go to South America. That was always the, the goal yeah. to be honest and then it was just it's quite expensive whereas Mexico on a student budget is a little bit more friendly um but yeah Mexico was insane um I guess like I planned on just going down to South uh, America yeah. at the time and then got to Mexico and just fell in love with like the country and the culture and um I massively extended my trip um it was all solo and ended up only leaving to go to Guatemala because I wanted to learn Spanish so I could get more out of the trip. And so I went to like Spanish school for about a month, um, like in tiny towns where like no one speaks English and you just got to learn and traveled a bit more. Um, and then bounced to Colombia for a while and ended up working like on a Caribbean island at a surf school. And then at like a healthcare NGO, like months later when my Spanish was good enough that I could actually kind of like converse enough um, for the last little bit before coming back. But yeah, it was, I did all the things that you kind of like see in movies and dream of and it's, it, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have no words for this. This is literally, it sounds unreal. Like it really does. Oh, it does sound like a movie and I'm into this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah my friends were like you're not coming back like like ever <laughs> oh I think my favorite part is just the random Guatemala village to learn Spanish I think that is just brilliant like maybe yeah that, I like this this is great and there was just so much happening within it and I think it's just like oh like that's the best way of doing it I think it was just like eh, look this is a plan there is no plan <laughs> Like literally that was it. It was kind of just, I met people on the way and they're like, hey, you want to come do this thing? Or like, you'd learn about stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good plan. Um, and I also ran out of money at the end. So I was like, cool, how do we make this happen? And you can just work places and they'll give you everything for free. So worked out. <laughs> Sounds unreal. So what was happening at the wrap up? So I think you mentioned the um, healthcare NGO. Like, was that kind of where things started? Like different parts of the startup started coming back what was the wrap-up of the trip what was the wrap-up um well a i was out of money um, yeah and oh i one. should also say uh like two months into the trip i did call my parents from mexico and i was like guys i'm not coming back to med like just not gonna happen so that that call was kind of made i didn't drop out officially um and uh someone convinced me to you know just defer another year because yeah. i'm responsible fair enough um, but yeah, I, after working at the healthcare NGO thing, it was like, I do really care about health and I guess, you know, sort of this, the scalable change, um, and social yeah. impact. So I ended up coming back to Australia and, and wasn't super sure what I was going to do next. Um, but ended up volunteering at StartCon, I think, and taking on a couple of startup internships and stuff, um, quite accidentally and yeah, that was sort of the start of it. Yeah. So that was a full, like, now you're like, right, okay, start off. This is where I'm at. Like, this makes sense. This is kind of where it's going to work. And um, what were the internships like? How did, like, how did you, uh, sorry, this is a question I have mostly because I remember, so when the family moved to Australia and I'd come home for kind of holidays, I'd never have anything to do. And like, 
from college we had like three months off and i'd be like oh maybe i'll go like work at a startup and i could never figure out how to actually go and get a job at a startup. like i'd start pinging people or reaching out so maybe talk about that a bit because i think there's definitely people out there who'd be interested to try it out and just don't know how to get around doing that i think yeah that's actually a really great point um and it wasn't very clear to me either at the time i volunteered at startcon and i'm not really sure how it happened i think UNSW had this thing called textbook ventures and I think it might have been through that at the time they were advertising it and I'm yeah. like yeah cool whatever um you get to go to this big startup conference convention conference same thing um and like help out and you get to go for free and I managed to somehow get like this gig because I'm not terrible at talking to people um most of the time sometimes but, <laughs> um of like meeting the speakers and running them to their stage and making sure they got on and I had no clue who anyone was, like literally anyone. I'm like, I was like, why are people wearing hoodies? What the hell is going on? Sorry, speak language. What's going on? And like the people I got to talk to were insane in hindsight. I didn't know at the time, but like Luca Nia, who's the founder of Safety Culture, which is one of Australia's first unicorns. Like we just started chatting. I had no clue who he was. And like, he was just such a lovely dude and really curious about like, wait, so you're, you, you're not going to do med, so what are you going to do? And then, like, he gave me his email and, like, you know, was connected me with a bunch of other startups and stuff when I moved to Melbourne. Super lovely. I had no idea what that meant at the time. <laughs> um, but also, like, a bunch of investors from San Fran and stuff who similarly, no clue, but I just was curious and spoke to people and this world of really passionate, amazing people were just kind of there with weirdly open arms. Yeah. Um, and I got to watch a lot of the talks too. And um, I think I saw Airtree at the time, which is a venture capital fund. And they had a intern or talent program. So I signed up for that. And I was really hoping to get an internship at HotDoc, which uh, yeah. is, yeah, like a health, um, health tech company. And one of the few at the time, like health tech was really not a big thing then. But they <laughs> came back to me and were like, so this company called Employment Hero, they're looking for someone, like not really a set thing, just like a random bunch of projects to work with the CEO. Like, would you be interested? I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so chatted to them and ended up like getting the gig and like just did a bunch of random um, research and market analysis for them and yeah. got to go and like work with the um, Employment Hero team in Sydney. And that was my first like real taste of, the awesome startup culture and it's just so much fun and so chill and like everyone was just really driven and lovely um so that was sort of my first entry to startup land but i think now it's a, a bit different like there's so many more groups um, yeah like early work for example and every university seems to have a startup program that just didn't exist back then it was all like oh, what am i doing oh, <laughs> no and it's so true and i think i mean even now like i think back to when things used to be in person and there used to be conferences that i could go to um but like it really is such a thing of where people when they're at conferences like the my the shift of change of like how they're viewing the world i guess that is a really weird way of putting this but the things that they're open to in a conference are very different to like 
if you rocked up to them in the middle of the street like it is just a shift of like it's a mindset of like okay no i'm here because i want to meet other people and like i want to see what everyone else is up to and the power of just being able to like have a chat there just go up and have conversations like i loved having like if people came up and just like we'll start chatting away and it was exactly the same at the start where i'd like look back now and i'm like i cannot believe i was talking to this so-and-so about nothing and it really just stands true the kind of connections you can make by just having normal conversations because you can be a nice person and have conversation about a human standing beside you um but yeah no i think it's very important i think people don't realize how far those conversations go (laughs) turn up i think 90 percent of the time just turn up and you'll you'll be fine (laughs) uh i couldn't agree more right like the power of literally just showing up and being a human and like having a conversation is so underrated and I think it's I mean obviously we've lost a lot of it with COVID now but yeah it, it is the most powerful thing and I think the most valuable skill set arguably like I know we're going into this tech, tech era but that's what really puts you know makes people stand out and gets you I guess opportunities and or relationships because it's all a relationship game at the end of the day that's what life is right <laughs> I mean that's what matters I remember at one stage being like, look, I am in tech, but also I can talk to people and I can listen to people. And I'm like, that's 100% what I would say are my skills at this stage. Oh my gosh. I so feel you. Like, A, you're incredibly technically competent from everything I hear. But like, that's kind of weirdly enough what I realized in med school too, right? It was like, I was never going to be the best doctor. Like that just wasn't going to be me from a technical standpoint. But I was really good at talking to people and like same in, in everything. Like if that's the one yeah. thread I've sort of found, um, it's like <laughs> it capitalize on that. <laughs> like, um, I'm sorry, I see no difference between talking to a client about like some machine learning thing or back when I used to work in a pharmacy talking to like, there's a woman that would come in every Saturday morning and just want to chat for 10 minutes. I was like, right, let's go. This is going to be great. <laughs> Right? I so feel you that like those jobs at an early stage, which really teach you the, that valuable social skill set of being able to talk about things with Anything. anyone. Is yeah. So, so underrated. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're now at, so I know you wanted, you said you were looking towards hot dog because I mean, it lines up a bit more, but you were at the, um, em- oh crap, I've already forgotten, employment tech? No. Employment hero. Hero. Another yeah. one of our newest unicorns. Just like I know, fact, just saw that came through. <laughs> exactly. I like it. Like been there all along from the start. Enjoyable. Uh, so how was the experience there? And like so I know you said you got to work on a bunch of bunch of different projects there. Like how like what was kind of happening after that? Like now you're like I you are someone who works in startups. Like what's happening then? Look, so to be honest, it was a bit of a uh, uneven journey, we'll say from there. May have gone back to Latin America for a few months. I had a I don't know, I'm not done. Um, yep. Worked at some festivals <laughs> and stuff and then came back um, and, you know, started to get serious about like, okay, startups seem to be something I'm interested in. Um, it was still that or consulting at the time. And then she starts popped onto the scene and they were at all the events I was at being like, you know, we've got this program for like non-tech female founders. You really don't have to have any tech experience. Like anyone can do this and gave all the spiels. And then I got targeted marketing from them. And um, I moved back to Melbourne at the time just because my family were all there. And I think I needed a bit of a you know change of scenery and leave med behind um, yep. for a bit. 
And so put in a last minute application at midnight from my parents' house again, um, you know, being like, oh, okay, well, I'm non-tech. Um, and like, if they really say just an idea, then like maybe a, like I had one idea um, from my Westpac days. So quickly typed out like a application and submitted it and, um, you know, got through one round of interviews and then somehow another, you're like, you want to come to Sydney for a pre-accelerator bootcamp and, you know, we'll teach you how to, you know, create a startup or like, you know, go through the process. I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, this is <laughs> awesome. And like, I can learn and not pay things. Um, and also saw it as honestly a great opportunity to like fail because I was so <laughs> sure that it was going to go so terribly. And like, it sounds so privileged, but I think the mix of, you know, working really hard and also being quite afraid of failure, if I'm honest, to that point in my yeah. life meant I'd never really failed at anything. So I was like, yeah. cool, let's go figure this out and uh, fail a bit. <laughs> but how, I'm assuming it did not fail <laughs> from the sounds of where we are now. <laughs> Look, I think it kind of did at the start. And to your point, right, I think for me as well, I don't know what it was. I knew I wanted to go into business, but I really didn't want to put the bill for another degree for some reason. And I yep. was like, how can I hack my way <laughs> without paying for that? Um, and like, I was very broke, but I knew that I could come back to my mom's place and that privilege thing. Um, went to Sydney, did the cohort, um, learned a lot, didn't get funding into the actual accelerator, post pre-accelerator, but I guess was like kind of hooked on startups. Um, and actually got, I guess, more momentum with this project than I anticipated. Uh, the concept was like a roundup app for social impact. So similar to Raise or Acorns, but it would go to like either ethical investment or charity at the time. Um, like it definitely exists now, but back then it didn't. Um, and once it sort of started getting momentum, I realized that I didn't really care about building a FinTech. Like I just really didn't yeah. at all, didn't align. So pulled the plug um, and ended up taking a job at a health tech company in Melbourne, um, a bit more of a traditional one, but the like you know I wanted to get some experience in health tech and learned a lot very quickly. But would say that the healthcare system and health tech traditionally is a little bit behind, um, and it wasn't the startups or technology that I was used to or liked. Um, yeah. And so I decided to back away from healthcare again. And um, a job just happened to come up at Stone and Chalk as community manager for Melbourne. Um, and somehow I managed to land that and uh, got the awesome opportunity to work with that community of like 70 or 80 startups in Melbourne at the time. And yeah, I guess that's when I really landed properly in startup world. And now I remember how I've come across you because Gretchen, worked at Stone and Chalk and was like out that way and yes okay this now all lines up oh I love it and um, because yeah like so Gretchen would be working out there and like I think that was her she was like oh so-and-so was doing this or like somehow paths were like mentioned like this ah uh, Melbourne absolutely tiny <laughs> oh very small very small um so I love it okay so I like the fact that there's been so many back and forwards to try and figure out what would be it like into health no back in again still no like I love it it makes so much more sense I think and going back and forth so you're now the community manager how is that kicking along how's that building in towards kind of 
still wanting to become or make your own kind of startup look to be honest i think when i pulled the pin on the other startup i didn't actually want to build a startup like i was fully resigned to being like i like this world i don't know if building a company is what i want to do per se unless i found that you know real spark thing it's like i just want to find somewhere that you know brings me joy and meaning and i get to learn a lot and so stone and chalk was awesome because surrounded by all these crazy smart people doing all these interesting things and um i got to learn a lot while i figured out what was next and also you know got the opportunity to help build a lot of programs and help startups on their journey and um you know i didn't think i was going to come back to health to be honest at all stone and chalk was had a large fintech presence and given my background that made sense but they also had like you know cybersecurity and ai and ag tech and that was awesome um but when the pandemic hit obviously health kind of became front and center and people started asking me questions um because of my health background which i had discredited to that point and it was honestly more just like pure curiosity when health tech became front and center i was like why do people not know all these bits and pieces a lot of st- health startups that have been operating for years were asking me about you know commercialization or um how health systems worked and who to speak to and then from the flip side tech founders or investors were starting to look at health tech but didn't really seem to know the ins and outs of a lot of the systems and stuff so i just lent into that problem and got really curious and that's kind of what started on the path to i guess where i am now and it's and this is the other bit which i i don't think we've talked about this on the podcast for a while now um there was definitely a time where i was just like every episode we were touching on the same point but the transfer transferability of skills like you were into business back in school like it all still lines up like these are still interests that will come up and even like you just mentioned it you're like you'd kind of discredit the health part of it or even just the med part of like your experience a little bit because it's like eh, it's there it's gone like no one really needs it right now but like everything you end up learning whether it's a small tiny little retail job to business and back even in school like the things you learn like i mean they're very basic but like they go such a long way <laughs> i couldn't agree more right like you never know when things are going to come up and we take for granted like all the knowledge we accumulate like i literally did, don't think i told anyone for ages that i went to med school or people just didn't know cuz i was so ashamed not ashamed but i think in my mind i was like i dropped out of med school and didn't yeah. finish so therefore it's kind of irrelevant and It's interesting like it comes up and you reframe it and nothing is ever wasted. Exactly. Like I mean I get that like I think people in Australia tend to know what actuaries are more so than well, Ireland anyway. I was going to say anywhere else, but I don't know anywhere else. Um, like I would say actually like oh yeah, I'm studying actuarial science and it would just be a blank look to the level of like I'm pretty sure my sister at one stage was like, "Oh yeah, I can't show my sister does agricultural science." <laughs> just didn't even know like <laughs> what the difference would have been or like didn't even think about it. like just was like yeah i'm like yes like i'm doing farming with numbers apparently but okay and i mean that's kind of cool too but like all right <laughs> very separate things and like it just got to a stage where i just stopped saying i was studying actuarial science i was just like oh, yeah, i am doing maths um but it's yeah like it's so different how 
people who do understand it and then we were talking about it in like a data science context of like no, no i did actuarial science they're like oh you you get what we're talking about now it's like and just knowing that little background piece it's yeah it's so interesting how like the different shifts of context for different people <laughs> it really really does right and like being able to even identify that in you know the roles and stuff and communicate that to whoever you're talking to i think is also another super important skill right like that context um and just figuring out what matters and communicating that huge yeah but anyway so what where are we now so you did say it's leading into where you've gotten so tell us what we're doing now what's happening where have we gotten to oh that's a fun question and to be honest it's ever evolving as uh, i guess my entire career path <laughs> has been and i will also say that uh, i think something that it's really overlooked like it's fun to look back on this stuff now but it really sucked for a long time and I was so uncertain and really didn't think I kind of would find my place. Um, but I guess like, you know, I kept trying and somehow it sort of worked out um, in a bit of a weird way, but um, almost exactly a year ago, maybe a, a year and a month ago now, um, I started writing this little health tech newsletter. Um, so after I followed that little thread of interest, I spoke to everyone I possibly could and started doing a tiny bit of like advising in health tech and was going to launch a podcast because I felt that there was a lot of, you know, disconnection in, you know, the space um, and not a lot of great, I guess, knowledge and conversations around some topics and felt that there was a bit more that needed to be shared. Um, and I had every intention of staying at Stone and Chalk and doing this on the side. And um, then I had a pretty major surgery, got knocked flat. And so as a sanity exercise, I started this little newsletter because um, I was like, oh, what's one thing I can do that helps me move towards a goal? Um, and I started doing roundups of what I thought was interesting in the industry, really short, sharp and concise and um, sending that out. And apparently it hit on something. Um, and this newsletter, I thought like maybe 10 people would read, um, got a lot more than 10 people quite quickly. And this weird intersection of all the networks I'd had, like collected over my weird experiences, like just lined up because at Stone and Chalk, I'd got the startups and sort of investor or ecosystem player part, obviously from med school and med, I had that um, health network. And then I guess from Westpac, I had the corporate um, side and insights. And I did like hustle a lot too, and just, you know, shared a lot, which was very uncomfortable for me at the time because um, I didn't like being seen or heard, weirdly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess it kind of grew and I would just put out this regular newsletter and a bit of a community formed around it. And before we knew, like, knew it, we had a couple of sponsors and we're doing like, you know, live events and meetups and stuff. And it quickly grew into like a national and almost now international audience and readership um, with this brand around like, what the health? Um, it's just, just kind of like trying to make it, I guess, a bit more fun and digestible because health can be really freaking dry. <laughs> um, and, you know, I guess create that connection piece because Australia's health tech ecosystem is kind of five to 10 years behind the rest of the startup ecosystem. But it's also super exciting because uh, I guess, you know, everyone's looking at it now and health is important. So um, as a part of that, I've got to speak to, you know, heaps of crazy smart health professionals and health founders and investors and stuff. Um, and now I guess I'm growing this like little community slash 
almost media brand now and um, also been lucky enough to now start working in the investing side as well, which is super awesome. So that's where we're at. Oh my God, I love it. And also, even if you have nothing to do with health or like startups aren't your thing, I see the LinkedIn posts come up almost every other week and I, I read through them and I'm like, it is so interesting. I'm like, oh, didn't know that was a thing that was happening in the world. That's pretty cool. That's a bit handy to see that that's someone making the effort to fix it. <laughs> so it's, kind of, it's like, I mean, I would recommend signing up to it. I'm not going to lie. It's more even just, I, I definitely have nothing to do with health tech or startups necessarily directly, but it's just still interesting to see what's going on in the world. Um, so yeah, I will be linking all the different um, places people can find Emily and her stuff and what the health um, in the chats and stuff. So definitely, I think people should go check it out because it does help. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I love it. And like, so everything's now a bunch of different aspects that we're going through. So like the investing and the apps, like the actual building part and then the whole, the connections and everything and the advisory. And like, I love how like, even kind of sideways, you've kind of ended up consulting. <laughs> yeah, that's actually last year as well. That's, that's exactly what happened. It's like consulting, but I didn't know that consulting is anything, right? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> when I, I guess what the health started picking up like more must've been April last year. I also was doing the Startmate fellowship, which was amazing. Um, but I guess, you know, a bunch of roles came up and I was still recovering from this surgery. And to be honest, I actually spent most of last year literally on my back. Um, so it limited a few options, but, um, as a result, like I got to take on a couple of different contracts and start doing community consulting specifically in like health and health tech and that was so awesome because I got to you know try a bunch of things and really I guess you know carve out a niche and I guess figure out where on earth I am now and what I want to do next oh look I think that is the absolutely perfect way to wrap up today in terms of what what a journey I was so excited to hear this because like I know like in bits and pieces again I'd seen like things of like it was in Mexico that that decision happened of like this is where it's happening and I'm like oh my god this sounds great <laughs> I love that this happened over margaritas on a beach unreal and like to the dip like and then I'd seen what the health and what was happening so I was like oh I'm so excited to connect up all the dots that are kind of associated to it all so thank you so much for sharing your experience and everything that you've been doing no thanks so much for having me um it's been so much fun and uh I hope it brings some people solace that like (laughs) there is no right way and it's hard but I mean if you keep trying you can just find whatever makes you happy right yeah I think you know like I mean you did say this at one stage where like look yeah looking back over it's great but like it was stressful and it was hard and it was just hard going getting through this but I guess like a lesson in and of itself is the fact that look the other end of it is quite nice of like even if it was terrible and you tried a hundred million things you do look back at it quite fondly <laughs> and it all 100%. gets used up oh <laughs> uh, yeah hindsight is a beautiful thing it's just like you've just got to know when to persevere right and get over <laughs> the the normal things <laughs> exactly oh right look we'll leave it off there for today and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of new things coming up with what the hell and just Emily in general. So I'm sure there'll be a pat continued somewhere in the future very soon, uh, which I mean, it started happening for a lot of other people that we've had a chat over the last year with. So um, we'll say goodbye. Thank you so much for sharing your time. Um, if you've been listening so far, I'll link all the stuff um, to what the health 
And just even in the podcast itself, if you want to support the podcast, because it takes quite a lot of hours to keep it running, <laughs> uh, all the details are attached below. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode. Until then, keep yourself safe, I guess, and be healthy. <laughs> um.